This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. Thank you. Appreciate you for making us a part of it on what is the final Saturday of the regular season in college football. And then, look, I think this has been personally, I've been alive for 29 years on this earth. This has been one of my favorite college football seasons um, that I can remember. And it's, I'm a Penn State fan. I am disappointed with how this season went. So it's not just like a homer perspective of, oh, I root for a really good team and they have been great this year. That's not it. But because this has truly been a wide open year and there are still a handful of teams that can compete and win a national title, which for the most part by this late in the season, usually is not the case. Usually we, we, for the most part, know, okay, there's one, maybe one or two other teams that could knock that one team off for winning a national title, but it feels pretty decided most years at this point in the season who is winning the national title, and you really see a big-time divide um, of the haves and the have-nots, and we are not seeing that this year and really have not seen that for a large part of this season, and that's part of the reason why, despite losing today, I'm not writing Ohio State off in terms of their season being over for college football playoff contention. They can absolutely some at the college football playoff in part because what we are seeing right now live in front of our faces. Number eight, Alabama currently is losing to Auburn 21-20 halfway through the third quarter. Alabama loses. Their season is over. And look, we've seen some bizarre, indescribable things happen at Jordan-Hare, especially when uh, when Auburn sometimes uh, does play Alabama. And now, again, we are seeing a team that just lost last week in this same stadium to New Mexico State, currently beating right now the number eight team in the country. And one of the teams that's playing some of the best ball this last month in Alabama, currently beating them right now 21-20. Alabama is in the red zone. It's third down, four and a half minutes left. They're at the Auburn 15-yard line. So Bama is knocking on the door. And either way, touching our field goal, poised to retake the lead. But Auburn right now is pushing Bama for everything they got. In the Pac-12 at halftime right now, you currently have number four, Washington, tied with Washington State, 14-14. And these are games for both Washington and Alabama are must-win. Alabama, obvious, right? You got one loss. You get two. Your season is over. We've never seen a two-loss team make make a four-team college football playoff. We're not going to see it this year. But for Washington, look, I think Auburn, uh, excuse me, Auburn, Oregon, is going to win that rematch next week. Oregon last night punched their ticket to the Pac-12 title game in beating Oregon State. 11-1 on the year for the Ducks. A very impressive season. Their only loss to the Washington Huskies team we are talking about right now. But if you're Washington, some of the close calls you've had, I don't think right now the Huskies in a rematch next week are beating Oregon. And so I think if right now if you're Washington, you need to win today. You got to win today and then hope at 12 and 1 if you do lose to Oregon next week a few other dominoes do fall and you can still make the college football playoff despite losing your conference championship game. So right now number 8 Alabama is on the ropes against Auburn. If they lose, obviously their season is done. But when you look at right now the four team layout and with still let's say a day and a half left of chaoticness or a week and a half left I should say between Today and then all of conference championship weekend next weekend. What we had the layout is this. I think 
the SEC is locked to have a team, right? I think Georgia is going to go. That's my pick. But either, you know, even if Alabama wins this week and then beats Georgia next week, either Alabama, if they're 12-1, and or Georgia, they're in the college football playoff. Okay, the SEC right now has a team uh, in the playoff. Big 10 is going to have a team in the playoff. That's Michigan. Michigan is beating Iowa. There's going to be no upset alert whatsoever. Wolverines are in. I think the Pac-12 is in as well. Whether it's Washington as Alabama misses the field goal, no good. Auburn still right now up 21-20. Three and a half minutes to go here in the third quarter. This is definitely a game we're keeping our eye on. This is where the college football zaniness. We've not had a really chaotic weekend at any point this season. It'd be very fitting that they save the wackiness and the craziness for half here with two teams inside the top 10. And Alabama right now currently trailing on the road to Auburn and Washington tied up with Washington State at halftime, 14-14, for this wackiness to come about here. But if you look right now, again, I think the SEC is getting a team in the college football playoff. Big 10 getting a team in the college football playoff. Pac-12, I think, getting a team in the college football playoff. So now you look at, okay, three spots are taken. Who is getting that fourth and final spot? It is between Florida State, Texas, and then really you could put in a in a batch here, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oregon. And you quickly look right now again, if Oregon beats Washington, and especially if Washington loses this week and next week, the Huskies are out. So if you're an Ohio State fan, you are rooting for Washington State to beat Washington, which again, right now tied 14-14 at halftime. You are rooting for Auburn to beat Alabama. Right now, the Tigers up 21-20. And then for Georgia to beat Alabama next week in the SEC championship game. So that would eliminate Alabama. That would eliminate Washington. Two teams out of the way. You're rooting for whoever right now comes out of the Big 12, whether it's Oklahoma. That looks like who Texas is going to play in the Big 12 title game next week. But if you look at it, look right now on paper, you are... A Texas loss away. You are, I think, not even if, if, even if Florida State's undefeated. Let's start with Florida State here for a second. Florida State has their backup quarterback, Tate Rotomaker, starting against UF. That game's going to kick off here in just about an hour or so down in Gainesville. Unfortunately, Jordan Travis is out for the year. Florida State is 11-0. In half of their wins, they have looked unimpressive. They've looked unimpressive. They've played down to their level of competition. They have not played a lot of talented teams, and they have struggled with a lot of inferior opponents. So now you play with a backup quarterback on the road against a team in Florida who also has a backup quarterback. And then next week, you're going to be playing Louisville in the ACC title game, who was number 10, now just lost to Kentucky at home on rank Kentucky. Their ranking is going to fall even at 13-0. I think Ohio State has a better resume and a better argument to make the college football playoff at 11-1 over a 13-0 ACC team in Florida State. So if you're the Buckeyes, your path is not that convoluted. Auburn beating Alabama. Happening right now. Auburn moving the ball past midfield. One minute to go in the third quarter. Washington losing to Washington State. Right now, again, 
Um, Huskies and Cougars tied at 14-14. If Washington State, by the way, beats Washington, next week then the Pac-12 title game, I think the winner is in. Loser's out. Loser has two losses. So if you're Ohio State, again, that's a Pac-12 elimination game where now not only is the loser, their resume hurt, the loser's out if Washington loses to Washington State today right now. Again, deadlocked at 14-14. So two teams right there could be eliminated today. Texas, you got to hope that they lose a game. But really, that's, I think, your biggest going to be your biggest obstacles if the Longhorns lose. All of a sudden, now, if you're Ohio State, again, I would put the Buckeyes at 11-1 with a win over Notre Dame, who is currently now ranked in the latest college football playoff rankings at 18. Road win over Notre Dame. A win over number 11 Penn State at home. I would put those two wins better than really anything that Florida State has. They beat LSU in a neutral site. Great second half. But LSU's defense has showed you they ain't very good whatsoever. And when you consistently struggle against inferior teams the way Florida State has, and now you have a backup quarterback, I don't see an argument. Unless, unless, if the Seminoles blow out Florida tonight 35 nothing. The next week, take on a Louisville team and, and drop a 41 spot, and they beat them 41 nothing. Unless they do that, that night might, might not even be enough. But unless they do that, I don't see an argument to be to put a 13 and 0 Florida State team in the college football playoff. That's why for me, if you're Ohio State, sure it's slim, not ideal, but your playoff hopes are not dead. They are absolutely not dead whatsoever. And we are seeing that right now in front of our eyes with Auburn beating Alabama as we go to the fourth quarter there on the Plains. And Washington, Washington State being tied up right now at 14 all as that game is getting set to kick off the second half. Your hopes are absolutely alive if you are the Buckeyes right now, uh, even though you did lose this game against Michigan in the big house. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Speaking of that game, that's what we started off the show with just about an hour ago. Michigan beating Ohio State. We looked at it a lot from the Buckeyes' perspective of the disappointment of them losing a game in which they looked soft again when it mattered the most. We have recently spent more time on giving Michigan their props and specifically interim head coach Sharon Moore, who comes in, you're facing a tough road environment at Penn State, win the game. Coaching the biggest game of his career easily against Ohio State at home, playoff spot on the line, win that game. So if you are right now a team with a head coach opening, you better call Sharon Moore's agent ASAP and get an interview scheduled because you got to beat not only other teams that have openings that you got to beat to the punch, you also got to beat Michigan. Because I don't think Jim Harbaugh is back at Michigan on the sidelines next year. I think he's either in the NFL or he's suspended for a very long time, if not fired, for his involvement in the cheating scandal. That is still ongoing. There is still a lot more information that's going to come out from the NCAA in terms of involvement, who knew, and I just don't see how Jim Harbaugh how he didn't know. I find that impossible to believe. Now it's only a matter of time before you find the smoking gun as to whether it's text messages, emails, whatever, you can find to directly link Jim Harbaugh to bare minimum knowing what Connor Stallions was doing and how he was getting his information. 
I think if you were Michigan, bare minimum, you can anticipate Jim Harbaugh being suspended for most of, if not all, of the 2024 season. And that's even, he's around. I mean, it seems, he's, he is desperate. Not seems, he is. We can confidently sit here and tell you he is desperate to get back to the NFL, has had interviews each of the last two seasons. He is trying to go back to the league. And that's why if you're Michigan, I would do everything you can right now to keep Sharon Moore on your staff, bare minimum, to have him fill in for Harbaugh again next year. Maybe even if he's gone, I would have him replace Jim Harbaugh as head coach of this team. That's why right now, if you're a team with an opening, you got to beat Michigan to the punch. Before Jim Harbaugh and or the NCAA make their, you know, whether it's Harbaugh make his decision, whether it's the NCAA make their uh, findings public and come down with a punishment, you got to beat them to the punch. And that means calling Sharon Moore's agent now. Right now, get him an interview and try to get him on your sidelines. Speaking of, David is in Dallas calling about Sharon Moore. Hello, David. Hey, Hickey. One thing about the Sharon Moore thing, I actually think he's more valuable to Michigan as a possible head coach because he knows the structure. The structure is already there. I'd be very scared if I was a very high-end program, let's say Texas A&M or somewhere like that, a high-profile job, bringing the guy in. With a lot of expectations, he's never read a program. You don't know what his recruiting is like. You have to find out what his coaching staff would be like. It's very easy to me to kind of see this kind of remember the Luke Walton, Steve Kerr thing. That's a fair comparison, and that's a, a good one there, David. Appreciate the call, buddy. But also, I think it's twofold, right? It's not only building a program and an identity, but it's also how you coach in-game. Fair. We don't know what Sharon Moore is going to be like in terms of building an identity, building a program. Although, for most coaches, you don't know. I mean, Ohio State didn't know what they were getting really into for the most part when Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer. That worked out pretty well, I would say, despite Ohio State's loss today. But, I mean, if right now, again, if you are a team looking for a head coach, there's not many established head coaches out there on the market. And so you are taking a risk with a coordinator. And I think if you look at how Sharon Morris called a game, you feel pretty confident this guy can come in and bare minimum take good offensive pieces and put them in a position to succeed. When the when the pass game wasn't working, and then when they played uh, when they played Penn State two weeks ago, they realized you know what? All we gotta do is run the ball down Penn State's throat, and we don't trust the Nittany Lions offense, or we're not scared of it enough for it to beat us. Guess what happened? All they did was run the ball down Penn State's throat. That, I think, is an incredible coaching adjustment where he didn't feel like, oh, I, I, I'm forced to throw the ball. Or I got the itch. I really want to throw the ball. He said, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If I got to run the ball 32 straight times to win this game, damn it, I'll do it. And they replicated, for the most part, that formula again today. The run game in the first half was not working for Michigan. Ohio State deserves a lot of credit for coming out and stuffing the run early. They held Blake Corman in check. They held Domin Edwards in check. And if you are Michigan at halftime, it's easy to say, you know what? We got J.J. McCarthy. Let's let him loose. Let's throw the ball here. The run game's not working. Let's panic. And Moore didn't panic. He deserves a lot of credit for that. He stuck to his guns. He had a game plan. He knew it, and even when things got tough, even when Ohio State drives down the field, ties the game in the fourth uh, in the third quarter, 
even when Ohio State gets to within three in the fourth quarter, 27-24, he stuck to his guns, didn't panic. He deserves a lot of credit for that. That's why I would feel good taking a chance if I was another team right now like A&M of bringing him in and expecting success. All right, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Here's what we're going to do. Take a quick break, but I want to keep this conversation going when we do return. Is Ohio State done? Are their playoff chances wiped out after their loss today uh, in, uh, in Ann Arbor, or are they still alive? 855-212-4227. We'll continue to take your thoughts because right now, Auburn, in Alabama territory and driving, fourth quarter, they are beating Alabama 21-20. On the first position of the second half, Washington and Michael Penix Jr. just throws an interception. Washington State right now has the ball. Tie game 14-14, their first possession here in the third quarter. So we could see right now the number four team in the country go down, number eight team in the country go down, Opening the door for the Buckeyes. So 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We'll keep you updated on all this college football craziness. But also, is Ohio State still alive for the CFP? It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. It is Ryan Hickey here with you on this glorious Saturday. Appreciate you for making us a part of your Saturday right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you missed any part of the show today, like what you hear, want to hear more, check out and subscribe to the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. That's where you can hear me all across CBS Sports Radio host. Usually a weekly show, Saturday mornings, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern. Every Saturday, today is an exception. Also hosts during the week, this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CBS Sports Radio. So if you like what you hear, check it out. We got a lot of show content for you there at the Hick at Night podcast. Again, night spelled N-I-T-E. We got ourselves a doozy of a final regular season weekend here in college football. Auburn 24 Alabama 29 and a half minutes to go. Auburn just drove down the field, settled for a 21-yard field goal. That was good. So the Tigers, after one week losing to New Mexico State, now has Alabama's season on the brink. 24-20 right now. The Tigers over the Crimson Tide. If Bama loses, it's obvious right now sitting there at 10-1. Their season's over. Their season is absolutely over. And on the flip side right now in the Pac-12, you have Washington and Washington State deadlocked at 14, all second half just underway there in Seattle. If Washington State beats Washington, if Auburn right now holds on to beat Alabama, if you're Ohio State, despite what was a brutal and soft loss to Michigan, your college football playoff hopes are not dead. You realistically... Are one Texas loss next week in the Big 12 title game for making the playoff. I think Ohio State is better and their resume is better than even a 13-0 Florida State team with a backup quarterback. 
And so really the only team standing in Ohio State's way, if, again, Auburn holds on to beat Alabama, and if Washington State right now, again, tied 14-14 10 minutes ago here in the third quarter, can pull off a road upset over number four Washington, the only team standing in the way between an 11-1 and Ohio State team in the college football playoff is right now Texas, who sits there at number seven. That's it. That is it. And that's why I don't think you could sit here and say that Ohio State is done. It's unlikely. Okay, we could talk about it. But definitely nowhere near done. 855-212-4227. Eddie is called from California. What's up, thoughts on that? What's up, E? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Eddie, we're doing good, man. How you hanging? Uh, doing well. Let me preface this by saying I am one huge, massive Michigan fan. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. But um, what I do have to say is um, the Buckeyes are done. And if you don't think the Buckeyes are done, I want to ask you, why not? Because if my Wolverines would have lost today, they would have been done. So they whooped their tail with the Buckeyes today. And I had to listen to Fox mm-hmm. and <laughs> and that biased um, telecast. You thought the broadcast was biased towards Ohio State? No question. Why? Did you listen to it? I did. You didn't think it was biased? No, no, I, I, no, I don't really know how you could sit there and say, as a Michigan fan, well, you thought they were, you thought they were rooting for Ohio State. Although all they did was praise right now Michigan, give them a lot of credit for winning the game. Um, the the wide receiver for Ohio State, um, Marvin Harrison Jr. No, no, no. the 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 wide receiver touchdown. For, for Michigan? Yes. We are taught that once the ball breaks the plane. So you the, thought that Joel Klatt saying that that could be an interception, you thought that that was bias for Ohio are State. We not, are we not taught that when the ball breaks the plane, the play is over? And there was, I mean, if you have possession – no, the play. I mean, if you don't have possession, the play is not over. That's where Joel Klatt was more coming from. But I think he was more using and looking at it from an analyst perspective versus a pro Ohio State perspective. Like, that's that's one where I don't think he was. It was a fair. It wasn't clear and obvious. There was a question of did he control it? Was it loose? Did he ever have possession of the football? It wasn't an obvious touchdown where all of a sudden now Joel is trying to be Mr. Ohio State, which doesn't really impact the game anyway because no one's listening to him on the field. The referees certainly aren't. There was no bias there. We figured out who signs this check. Okay. All right. Eddie, this is awesome. I'm not going to have this conversation about if the Fox broadcast is biased or not. I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you for listening. The reason why, by the way, to go back to our initial conversation before we kind of derailed, took an exit, and we tried to stay on the highway – the reason why Ohio, uh, Michigan would have been done if they lost today, but Ohio State is still alive, is the win over Notre Dame. Ohio State played a non-conference game against Notre Dame on the road and won. They're currently 18th in the country. That's a, that's a quality win. On the road, that's an impressive win. 
They have that under their belt along with beating uh, Penn State, but just like Michigan did, they both beat Penn State. That's a separator. That's why, to me, Ohio State is still alive. That second win into the top 20 that right now Michigan does not have. Michigan, with beating Ohio State now, has two top 20 wins, really two top 11 wins. But Ohio State, if they beat Michigan, or I should say now that they didn't beat Michigan is, is the better way to phrase it, now that they didn't beat Michigan, still has a win over number 11 Penn State and number 18 Notre Dame. That's why they are still alive. And also, exactly what we're talking about right now. Auburn beating Alabama. Washington tied with Washington State. You got some crazy upsets right now that are definitely possible, if not likely. The door's open. Alabama loses. They're done. Washington loses today. They're not done. But what that does do then is make it a winner-take-all next week where the winner of Washington, Oregon, is in the uh, college football playoff. The loser is out. You know, there was a chance if Washington goes 12-0, and they lose to Oregon next week. If you're the Huskies, you could still make an argument, hey, 12-1 and with still a win over Oregon, win over Oregon State on the road, win over Utah, that we are still worthy of making the college football playoff, and their resume is very impressive. But if they lose this week, they lose next week, they're done. Just like Oregon, if they lose next week and Washington wins, Oregon is done. With two losses, they're cooked. So now all of a sudden, you look, if you're Ohio State, that door, that path for you to get in is a lot more open than it was even two hours ago. John is calling from South Carolina. What's up, John? Hey, buddy, I got to disagree, and I'm from Ohio. Ohio State, you're painting a great scenario where they can backdoor kind of their way in. But, um, you know, no, they should have won today if they're big boys and playing in that kind of game. And, you know, everybody was talking about don't punish the the Michigan kids because of what Harbaugh did. Well, now we're going to punish Florida because of an injury. And granted, you know, it's not the same team without the same quarterback, but still every team's one twisted ankle away from losing something. So if you're going to punish Florida kind of by saying, no, you had some, you know, you only play the guys in front of you. And, yeah, you don't look great in all of them, but you still play what's in front of you, and they won them all. So I hate to see them not get in just because of that injury, just like I would have hated to see the Michigan kids, and I'm from Ohio, to not, uh, you know, somehow get punished from the playoffs because of Harbaugh. But that's my take on it. I don't think we should punish Florida, even though I'm an Ohio boy. And, yeah, they could backdoor in, but I wouldn't be excited about it. Thanks, buddy. John, thank you for the call. Like, the way I look at it, I don't think you're – and he said Florida. He means Florida State. Jordan Travis, just to, you know, clear the record there, but getting hurt. But it's not – you're not punishing Florida State from the pure perspective of, hey, they lost their quarterback. Now they're done. That's part of it. But it's also the fact that they have not taken care of business. And that leads you to my next point, so here's what we'll do. I'll take a quick break because I do want to talk more about Florida State. Their game against Florida is getting set to kick off here shortly. Top of the hour, Florida State at Florida um, in a rivalry game with both backup quarterbacks for the Seminoles and the Gators starting here in this game. But I want to tell you what Florida State has to do tonight in this game to stay alive for the college football playoff. Because it's not as it's not as simple, should say, as just winning the next two games. Because like John just said before, I think them dropping out of the top four this week and then missing the college football playoff at thirteen and zero, which I would do if I was a committee. It's not just about the loss of their quarterback. 
tell you what the other reason is as to why I have Florida State on the outside looking in, even if they're 13-0. Tell you what that reason is. When we do return, it is Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. A barn burner of a finish here in the SEC. The Iron Bowl is a class. We've got a lot of good games here in college football, so get you caught up to date on everything going on. Here she is with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, Erica Herskowitz. This is Hick at Night. Here's your host, Ryan Hickey. We will get to Florida State here in a second, but Andrew Scarpacci doing a great job producing this show. This is a clutch, as clutch of a rejoin as you can get right now because, as you know, this is the SEC on CBS Music. And right now, the last SEC on CBS regular season game is a doozy. We just had Alabama punt the ball back to Auburn. There's five minutes left in the game. Auburn on their own 30-yard line fumbles the punt. Alabama recovers. So you just have Jalen Milrow now rushing for a first down. There is four and a half minutes to go here in the fourth quarter. Auburn is beating Alabama 24-20. So if you're the Tide, it's four-down territory. You are scoring a touchdown. You're in the red zone. You are going for it. On fourth down, every single time, you need a touchdown here. This is the game. Alabama has three timeouts, but I doubt, unless it's fourth and a mile here, Nick Saban is going to be kicking a field goal, and this is a massive game, obviously for a lot of different reasons. Number one, if Alabama loses, they're 10-1. and They're done. Their season is over. They're still going to the SEC championship game next week. Even if they beat Georgia at 11-2, and they are not making the playoff, nor should they. So this is a game where if Alabama loses to Auburn, their college football playoff hopes are dead, are wiped away. They are no longer chasing a title when they go to Atlanta next week and do play the Georgia Bulldogs. That's number one. Number two, you look at Nick Saban's historic coaching career. This loss, I think right now you would rank as the worst loss of Nick Saban's coaching career, at least at Alabama. This would be the worst loss of ba- uh, Nick Saban's Bama career. Because look how Alabama was playing up to this point. They have really rounded into form these last six weeks. Jalen Milrow has become, I think, a really good quarterback based on what he was and compared to what he was back in September. He's developed. He's seen the field really well. He has rounded and really kind of started to peak in November. This defense has really played well. This offensive line has been tremendous. Looking at the landscape of college football, I would put Alabama going into this game on Saturday as a legitimate threat to win a a national title. And that's not something I ever thought I'd be saying even three weeks ago before they played LSU because I thought this was one of the most least talented Alabama teams that Nick Saban had. So even though those expectations were low for me going into the season— How they've rebounded from the Texas game and how they've played since has been very impressive. And so now you look at not only how Alabama has rounded into form going into this game, but also how Auburn has played. They've not been very good this year. They lost last week to New Mexico State. They paid them almost $2 million to come in to Jordan-Hare and was supposed to be an ass-kicking. And you know what? It was an ass-kicking, except... New Mexico State kicking the ass of Auburn, beating them 31-10. So you have the Tigers coming off of that shellacking in a game that was supposed to be a freebie. And Alabama coming in, playing like a well-oiled machine, 
This, I think, is would be worse for Alabama loss-wise for Nick Saban, worse than the kick six, because, hell, I mean, Auburn was great that year. Obviously, they went to the national title game. Um, so that was not like you lost, while you lost in fluky fashion, you didn't lose to a bad team. I think worse than losing to UL Monroe in Nick Saban's first year at Bama back in 2007. Worse than losing on the last play of the national championship game in Clemson in 2016 or even getting blown out by the Tigers two years later in 2018. I think right now, if Alabama can't come back, and right now they're facing a fourth and one timeout on the field because on third and a mile, Jalen Milrow ran, it was I think it was third and 17, ran 16 yards, had a heavy collision with an Alabama defensive back, oh, with an Auburn defensive back. He is down right now. They've made head-to-head contact. I don't know. They've not shown if Jalen Miller was being checked out for a concussion. He looked a little dazed, I'll be honest. Um, so I'm not sure if he's right now available to play on this fourth down. It's going to be fourth down and one. About four minutes to go in this game. So I think Alabama's going to go for it. Um, but if they can't find a way to beat Auburn, I would say this would be the worst loss for Nick Saban at Alabama. Just because of how his team is playing, how Auburn has been playing, What's at stake right now, this I think would be the worst L. The absolute worst loss right now for Alabama. This is this is a barn burner. And you know what's also interesting too? This is the last week, uh, regular season weekend of college football, right? We have not had a chaotic, upset-filled weekend yet. Like if you look around, like we've not had a weekend where multiple teams in the top 10, even the top 15, all lose to unranked opponents. Like we look at the biggest upset so far this season. Like what are we like? What are we looking at? Because you look at the teams with losses. Oregon, their only losses to Washington on the road. Tough game, not an upset. Texas, their one loss. Oklahoma, Red River, not an upset. Alabama, one loss. Texas at home. You could say sure upset, but look how I mean Texas is number seven in the country. It's not like they just lost to a team that have no business playing against. Usually, we have one weekend a year in college football where you have a few highly ranked teams go down the same weekend. We have not had that yet so far. And right now, you have, again, Auburn beating Alabama 24-20. There's two minutes, 38 seconds left. There is Alabama's three timeouts. It is fourth and inches at about the 10-yard line. Milrow is in. Alabama is going for it. It's the right call here at the 10. They got the tush-push formation. I'm not going to give you a play-by-play. I can't do that, but I'll let you know how the play resumes. And in the other big game right now, we have Washington just got an interception off of Washington State, and then they scored a touchdown. Michael Penix Jr., a touchdown pass. So the Huskies now take a 21-14 to lead um, over Washington State. That game, end of the third quarter, just happened. So we're going to the fourth quarter of a one-possession game right now in Seattle. Washington, fourth-ranked team in the country. Right now, currently just a touchdown better than their in-state rival, the Washington State Cougars. That game entering the fourth quarter. On fourth and one, this is uh, Alabama deserves a lot of credit for this. Lined up in the tush-push formation. Right, so you have all the offensive linemen in. You have Jalen Milrow under center. You have the running backs and tight ends kind of position where they're going to push the quarterback forward, snap the ball. Oh, no, we're not going to the middle. Toss it wide. Alabama does get the first down. So it's first and goal at the eight-yard line. Timeout on the field. Two minutes left. Alabama needs a touchdown here. Four plays for their season to either continue or end. We will before, I mean, hopefully we get a, a solution here before we go to break in about five minutes. 
bare minimum on the other side of that break, we will absolutely get uh, get you an update here. But this right now is trending to be by far the biggest upset in college football and would drastically, again, open the door for Ohio State for them to try to make a case to get a college football playoff berth for the second year in a row, despite the fact they lost their last regular season game against Michigan. Because if Alabama loses, that eliminates the tide. Now, Washington, again, just took the lead. But if Washington loses, that opens up a spot where now one Pac-12 team is going to get in, but there is no chance of two Pac-12 teams getting because you would have 11-1 Washington taking on 11-1 Oregon next week in the Pac-12 title game. We've never seen a two-loss team make the playoff. It's not going to happen this year. So with two teams next year in the Pac-12, if if Washington loses next week, that is an elimination game where if, if Washington wins and they're 12-0 and going to next week's game, I think they could still have a strong argument if they lose to Oregon that despite that loss in the conference title game, they still are one of the four best teams in the country and still deserve a berth in the college football playoff. That case, that argument is out the window if they lose today to Washington State. So this is a must-win here for the Huskies, a must-win for Alabama. They run it on first down nowhere. Second and goal for Alabama, one minute, 43 seconds left here. They're at the Auburn eight-yard line. And again, Auburn right now is winning 24-20. So Alabama needs a touchdown. And Auburn now is a team using timeouts, which I think this is wise. If you are Hugh Freeze, you are saving clock. Again, minute 43. So if Alabama does score, you're only going to need a field goal here to tie. Right, 27. If Alabama scores, it'd be 27-24. The tied over the Tigers. You just give yourself some time to still drive down the field and put yourself bare minimum in field goal position let alone maybe even score a touchdown here and win the game. Again, Jordan Hare at night, which now the sun has set on the East Coast. Crazy things happen. And we could get the biggest upset right now in college football to date if Auburn can get three more stops here from their own eight-yard line. This is going to be, again, oh my. This is going to be a game that, Again, I think it's going to go down as Alabama's worst loss in the Nick Saban era. We just... (laughs) A wild snap past Jalen Milrow all the way now to the Auburn 20-yard line. Alabama recovered it almost at the 25-yard line. Oh, my goodness. So you have now... Alabama recovered the fumble, but a a snap that looked like it was one, it was wide, but also two, did not look like Jalen Milrow was ready for it. I don't know if he was, yeah, he looked to his left like he was going to make a check or look at the defense. So there was a miscommunication there. But now the clock is running. Third and goal for Alabama. Again, they need a touchdown. They are at now the Auburn 25. So two downs, essentially, to have their season either stay alive or they are eliminated from the college football playoff if they lose this game here to Auburn, who, again, is coming off of a loss to New Mexico State um, last week. And now it's going to come down to this. It's going to come down to one play and one play only. Fourth down and goal. From the, It's going to be at least from the 26-yard line. Jalen Milrow, he's done this now multiple times in the game, but he has just been off. He has been terrible in this game. But he has now a few times run past the line of scrimmage, lose sight of where he is, and then throw the ball. 
One time he threw a touchdown. He was two yards in front of the line of scrimmage, didn't realize it, threw a touchdown. And this sequence right here, he ran, he runs past the line of scrimmage, then backs up to throw the ball. You can't do that. So now he has just completely lost sight of the field here. But either way, it's going to be fourth and goal here for uh, for Alabama. Season on the line. We're not going to get the playing time, unfortunately, between now and when the break starts. So don't go anywhere. Do not change that radio dial. We will have you updated Everything right now between Auburn and Alabama. 24-20. Auburn is beating number eight Alabama. It's going to come down to one play. 43 seconds left. Fourth and goal from the 25-yard line. We will give you the results and the winner. When Ryan Hickey, with you right here on CBS Sports Radio, returns in a few short minutes.